Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and today we are going to get a few things straight about food freedom. We're going to talk a little bit about what I got wrong about food freedom and why I thought it wasn't for me, and then we're going to dig into how to determine what food freedom can look like for you and kind of four key steps that I work through with clients that I think are going to be really helpful for you. And before we hop in, just a little bit of a life update. First of all, I have been getting a lot more messages than normal about feedback on podcast episodes, specifically the last episode on uh, self-belief and self-efficacy. And I just wanted to say two things. One, those of you that have shared your feedback and let me know that you love this episode and what you loved about it, I appreciate you so much. You might not think that it actually makes a difference to me, but it really feels so incredible and is amazing to hear from you and hear what you loved, hear what you took away from it. Some of you have told me that you took notes and that's just the coolest thing ever. And then the second thing is I have also created a a document, or sorry, it's a Google form that you can find through the link in my bio in Instagram that you can enter in like questions, topics, any potential guests that you'd like to see on the podcast or hear on the podcast. You can do that there. And I just want to remind you that this podcast is for you, to support you. And so if there is anything specific that you want to learn more about, any questions that you have, please know that whether you are a client or not, this is for you. So you can go to the link in the bi- in my bio and Instagram and, and fill out questions or topics that you want to hear about or just DM me. And I also wanted to give you some of you that have been here for a while. So some of you that have been here for a while may remember that Back in April, I got LASIK surgery and what actually happened is they ended up not being able to operate on both eyes Um, and I found out afterwards it was my fault. I basically moved just a tiny bit when they were doing the surgery and so the eye doctor took the very smart decision to be like, hey, the cut, like the first cut wasn't centered, we're not going to do this. And so I've had one eye operated on and one eye that I've, I've been wearing contact lenses in And I'm finally getting my other eye operated on. So I'm very excited about that to finally be able to see. I've been wearing contacts or glasses since I was literally five years old. That's wild that I'm going to be able to wake up in the morning and just like see. And so that's kind of the big thing. That happens tonight. Very excited about it. And with that, let's talk about food freedom. Sorry, I had to pause there because there was a dog barking outside my window. And I don't know if you could hear it or not. So when I first started exploring sort of like the quote-unquote Instagram world of mindful eating, intuitive eating, quote-unquote food freedom, all of these more like intuitive style methods of eating, this concept around food freedom seemed like I thought this would be a fucking disaster if I tried it. And I would see these intuitive eating, food freedom people, and I would think one of two things. And this is about to give you an insight into how judgmental my brain was when I was really strict around food, when I was very restrictive with my eating. This is some insight here. I don't know if I've ever shared this out loud, but if I would see someone practicing food freedom and they were skinny, I would tell myself, well, of course they can eat whatever they want. They want their skinny. And if someone was practicing food freedom and they were fat, I would think, well, they shouldn't be eating whatever they want, their fat. And I know now I have the understanding 
now to know that the way that our bodies look is not a direct expression of like me seeing them eat a burger. I can see someone eat a burger and have absolutely no freaking clue what they're eating the rest of the day, what their genetics are, what their exercise routine is like, what their health is like. I do not know that from a photo. I do not know that even from knowing what they eat in a day. But back then, my mindset was very judgmental. And this is a really common effect of a a restrictive approach to eating. This is a really common sort of red flag that our relationship with food needs work. Um, But we're not going to talk about that right now. We are going to talk about food freedom. I want to give you an example. I was going to tell you a story and then I was like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to give you a specific example of how I practice food freedom now versus what my thoughts and my actions were like back when I was in like quote unquote food jail. And so I used to have my food kind of all planned out for my day. In my head, it was this perfect plan. But here's the thing is that if someone something didn't go to plan, I would either like forget my snack at home, a friend would show up with a treat for me, someone would invite me out for dinner out of nowhere, and I would hate that because it would throw off this like perfect plan in my head. My food thoughts would go absolutely wild and I would be like, how do I make all of this make sense in order for me to hit this like good day of eating that I think I need, Right. And so a couple days ago, my boyfriend showed up my ho- up at my house. It was like mid-morning. And he showed up with some Argentinian treats. This was a, an alfajor de maicena, which is an alfajor is like a, it's basically like an Argentinian Oreo, but the, the cookie part is like a crumbly cookie. And then the middle is full of dulce de leche, um, which is, I don't know what that is in English. And then he also showed up with a tart called pasta frola, which is like a marmalade sort of like fruit tart. And past me would have been like, oh my gosh, I didn't plan for this. This is going to throw off the day. Like, what do I do to make up for it? Current me, so the way that I practice my nutrition now, was like, wow, this is tasty. I'm not really hungry, but I want to try it. This is an opportunity for me to connect with my boyfriend over something that is very particular to his culture. And even though I wasn't hungry, that's a great reason to eat something. I had a bite of each of the treats and I realized that the pasta frola, like I didn't really like it, but I really love the alfajor. So I had another bite of the alfajor and then I thought, you know what? I don't really want anymore. I'm going to put it in the fridge. It's likely that I probably ate a little less lunch even without realizing it because I just wasn't as hungry later for lunch. And it's likely that even though I had that unplanned treat, my total overall intake for the day was pretty close to what a normal day looks like. And why? It's because when we find this true freedom around food, things tend to balance themselves out pretty well. I'm not stuffing myself with sweets one day and then trying to eat perfectly the next day. I'm not restricting sugar all week and then end up thinking about it absolutely all the time over the weekend. And I like to think about our relationship with food as a spectrum. On one end, we have rigid, black and white, inflexible eating habits and food thoughts, lots of restriction. On the other end, we have this like eat what you want, when you want, don't really think about food much. It's sort of like, oh, this looks good, I'll have it, right? And I thought that food freedom was the other end of the spectrum from where I was. I thought if I gave myself true freedom around food, I would just be going off of impulse. I would be like, that ice cream looks delicious. I'm going to eat it right now. And... I thought I would stop caring about my overall well-being. I thought I just wouldn't care about what I looked like. That is absolutely not what happened. I will tell you this. 
when you first start working on the skills that we are going to talk about in this episode, it is normal to get excited about the foods that used to be restricted or the amounts that you used to not allow yourself to eat. It is normal to have a period of playing around and eating more food. And yes, your body may change in the short term because of it. This is where we need to think long term. We need to not think about the next like three to six months and think about what about the next five to 10 years of my life? What about the rest of my life and the experiences that I can open up when food does not take up so much mental space? And so I'm going to give you my definition of food freedom. And this is taking into consideration my own life, the research and the education that I have around eating behaviors and psychology, and also what I found with clients over the years. And this might be different from someone else's definition. That's fine. This is my podcast. So food freedom has two sides to it. We've got the practical side and the psychological side. So the practical side is around kind of like what, how much, and when you eat. And the psychological side is a little bit more around like how you feel. So the freedom of choice and the feeling of peace around food. And so practically, food freedom most likely includes eating a variety of foods that are going to satisfy both physical needs and mental satisfaction. And this may be a wider variety than you eat now, or it may be the same variety that you eat now, but in a variety of different uh, eating times or eating amounts. And this is going to look so different for everyone. It A lot of preference, culture, uh, dieting past is going to make a difference here. And then on the psychological side, the key component is freedom of choice. So autonomy and the ability to choose. And this is a huge departure from general diet culture recommendations where we're told we quote unquote like have to eat superfoods, we should be avoiding processed food, we must control our portion sizes, and we have we need all of these like apps or tracking or fasting to do that. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are someone who cares about your health. But you are also likely someone who has a lot of these internalized food rules that either have come from like a nutrition coach who was like macros are the way or it's a parent who had their own bullshit and their own struggles with food or it's this old diet that you like followed perfectly for six months and now you cannot seem to get out of this mindset of like, oh my gosh, rice has too many carbs, right? And so what happens is you likely struggle with this elusive quote unquote balance And it seems like you'll have like periods where you feel quote unquote balanced and then something happens and you fall off. And here is what people get wrong about food freedom. I got this wrong for a long time. It is not freedom if you always say yes, no matter what, when something is uh, delicious is in front of you. It is also not freedom if you always say no. If you always or never do something, that is not freedom. That is another rule. And for me, I thought food freedom, I thought allowing myself to choose would mean that I would always choose the quote unquote wrong choice. I thought that anytime I went out for pizza, I would just eat and eat and eat like to the point of being way too full because that's what I used to do when I allowed myself pizza. But the difference is with true food freedom and just quote unquote allowing yourself to eat something is that because I practice freedom, I practice freedom of choice. I don't have to eat pizza to the point of stuffing myself because if I choose tomorrow that I want more pizza or I choose next week that I want more pizza, I don't have to deserve it to eat it. I don't have to have this whole like mental drama to figure out if I can eat it. I can just choose to eat it. 
And in psychology, there's a theory called self-determination theory that really resonates with me and a lot of the coaching that I do. And self-determination theory sort of has this claim that humans have three basic psychological needs, autonomy, competence, and relatedness. And so autonomy refers to this power of choice. It's this idea that you are the one choosing your behavior and direction. Competence refers to the feeling that you are capable of what you set out to do. So that was really what we talked about in this last episode around self-belief and self-efficacy. And relatedness comes from our human need to feel connected to others. It is the need to feel like we belong. And so in self-determination theory, the idea is we are more likely to feel intrinsically motivated and act in a motivated way towards a goal without pressure or without coercion when we have these three needs covered. And when it comes to food freedom, the challenge is this. We don't feel confident, or sorry, we don't feel competent unless we have rules or restrictions, which makes sense because no one teaches us competence. We're taught, like, eat this, don't eat that, use this app to tell you how much to eat, stay away from these foods. But as adults, we have not received education to feel competent on how to connect with our body's needs, how to sit with an urge, knowing it will pass, how to make choices in the moment. And basically, I coach on all of this shit because no one teaches us this stuff and then we feel guilty because we don't know it, right? And so we feel this lack of competence, so we seek out someone to quote unquote tell us what to do, whether it's a tracking app, a macro coach, or a diet. And we try to control our food, we try to find the perfect diet, we search for quote unquote willpower hacks in order to finally hit our like perfect weight, finally accept ourselves, finally we think that we're going to finally be accepted by others. But our tight hold on these restrictions and rules is often what keeps us disconnected. So this relatedness that we're seeking, we think we will find this relatedness when we look a certain way, but we often end up even farther away from self-acceptance or self-love or feeling loved or accepted because we are so invested in control. And then the last one is autonomy. And food freedom really comes down to this autonomy. Like, do you truly feel like you have choice over what and how you eat? And here's where my definition of food freedom might be a little bit different than other coaches or nutrition professionals. Because I do believe that you can pursue body changes. You can choose to not eat a certain food or eat less or more of a certain food. And that can also be food freedom. But the difference is this. I can't have food freedom if I am choosing to eat low carb because I need to eat low carb to lose those last five pounds because that's when I'll accept myself. I can't have food freedom if I say no to pizza because I'm scared of how much fat is in the cheese. And intention matters so much. Only you can know your intention. And I'm here to help you work on this, right? And so here's what we want to look at in order to move towards this feeling of choice, move towards this food freedom. And I want to make it very clear that this is what we do inside the Confident Eater. This is what we work on together. So first, we want to get clear on your values and align your goals to your values and what you want instead of what you think you should want. Two, we want to shift your mindset around food from scarcity and restriction to abundance and choice. Three, we want to develop eating skills that support you being able to make choices that tap into both external and internal wisdom. And we're going to talk about those internal and external wisdom in a second. 
And then the fourth thing is we want to create a more supportive pattern of self-talk. All of this works together to help you feel like you are able to support yourself through making choices and feeling like you have autonomy, relatedness, and competence. And so the first one is values. And I'm not going to go into this here because I did a deep dive on values in episode 91. And I honestly talk about values in every freaking episode of this podcast. If this is the first episode that you listen to, hi, I'm Jillian. My core values are freedom, connection, curiosity, and creativity. And if you can get one thing out of this content, it's to get curious about your values and your behavior and see how you can start acting more in alignment with your values. You are going to find a lot of my content talks about this. And then the next step is the mindset piece, right? So in The Confident Eater, we work on developing a practice of unconditional permission to eat. And a huge component of this is trusting that food is not a limited or restricted resource. And one way you can start practicing this is by reassuring yourself that you can always have more later. And you can think about it like this. Let's say you're eating something and you notice this urge to keep going. You want to take advantage of whatever food this is because you kind of have this feeling like, I never get to eat this. I don't know when I get to have more. That is an example of scarcity mindset showing up. That is an example of this like diet mindset of, I shouldn't let myself eat this very often or I never get to eat this, right? And in that moment, you can reassure yourself that you can have more later if you want. And here is the really key point. You have to fucking commit to it. And if this sounds scary, I will tell you this. You cannot fake this. Don't worry, you can have more later. You can't fake that. Your brain knows if you tell yourself, I can have more later, but you actually are not going to let yourself have more later. This will backfire if you are not honest with yourself about this. And then the third component is eating skills. When I work with clients on this, we focus on three areas. One is mindful eating. Two is that balancing of internal and external wisdom. And three is shifting towards guidelines over rules. External wisdom is nutrition information. Internal wisdom includes our body's cues, our desires and wants, and our values. But the problem is, is we like to take nutrition information or what we think is nutrition information and turn it into a rule. And this is a big part of what we do in in The Confident Eater is like identify what those rules are. But here's how you can get started. Nutrition information is something like a chicken breast is a high-protein, low-fat food. That's a fact, right? Broccoli has X grams of fiber in it. Also a fact. This is non-biased information about the makeup of our food. However, food rules are judgment-based. This has too much fat. I should eat whole grain bread over white bread. I shouldn't eat pasta. I should eat broccoli. Those are rules or judgment-based. That's not nutrition facts, right? And when we learn eating skills, part of mindful eating is letting go of that judgment and adopting curiosity. So yes, whole grain bread has more fiber. It has a little bit more protein and it has more nutrients than white bread. However, I might enjoy eating white bread more than whole grain bread. And that is an important piece of that internal wisdom to take into consideration. And food freedom is what helps you do that. It helps you take both pieces of information into consideration. Whole grain bread, in some cases, might be the choice that makes sense for you because, hey, I am choosing to focus on my fiber intake because that helps me poop. Amazing. That doesn't mean that white bread is bad or something that you should never eat. In some moments, white bread might be the choice that makes the most sense for you. And freedom is allowing yourself to find that balance of choice. Here's an actionable tip 
to start finding that balance between internal and external wisdom. And you want to start looking at, or sorry, noticing the language that you use when you think about or speak about food. For example, specific words like should and shouldn't are sneaky food rule words. So is can't, have to, or must. These words indicate that there is a rule. And rules, when we break them, often drives guilt, they drive shame, they might drive the like fuck it mindset. And you can keep a list or write down these rules somewhere. And in coaching, we take a critical look at these rules and we have a practice of food habituation and challenging these rules that helps you neutralize them. And if you want a little bit more on how to eliminate this like good, bad food mindset, I go into this in depth in episode 98. Oh my God, I just realized that this is episode 100. Oh, that's so cool. Sorry, I just got distracted there. Anyways, the last component of food freedom and truly building that feeling of autonomy and competence is around how you speak to yourself. In The Confident Eater, we have this exercise that helps you reflect on how compassionate you are to others versus how compassionate you are to yourself. And 99% of my clients are individuals that are highly compassionate and kind to other people while they speak to themselves like dirt. And what happens is we often take mistakes that we make as a sign that we are a total fucking failure and not cut out for whatever challenge is in front of us. Whereas if someone else made that same mistake, We'd be like, no big deal. Here's how you can work through it. This is how you're going to overcome it, right? And you might wonder, like, why is this important for food freedom? And it's because this process is not a perfect process. It's not like a one day I wake up and I'm totally in charge of my choices and like, oh, my food rules and food fears and my worry about weight gain, like totally gone. No, that's not real life. This is part of life and life is messy. And so think about it like this. If you spoke to yourself in the same encouraging way that you speak to your best friend or your partner or even your dog, how much better would you feel about your capacity to tackle the messiness of life? And don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to just like let yourself off the hook. Compassion is holding yourself accountable, but it's not holding yourself accountable to unrealistic expectations, unrealistic standards, right? That is not fair. That is not fair to yourself. And so we need accountability from a place of self-understanding, care, and love, not from a place of I need to be perfect in order to be worthy. So with all of that, let's wrap up. If you are listening to this on September 18th or 19th, 2023, this is the absolute last call for you to join The Confident Eater for this year. I will not be launching this program until probably January, February of 2024. And if you're thinking about TCE, Think about the fact that this program is going to set you up for success over the holidays. The holidays are closer than we think, right? And the holidays are often a time where making autonomous choices over food is absolutely necessary, but often very difficult, right? And so if you're someone who's ever felt like your willpower is all you have to go on during the holidays and you find yourself wishing for January because then temptation won't be all over the place, The Confident Eater is going to help you develop skills so that you can check in with yourself in the moment so you don't have to rely only on willpower or discipline, right? Because those things fail us, right? And then we feel really bad. So TCE is going to help you tap into your values and the choices that are going to help you feel like how you'd like to feel in the moment so that you can invest your mental energy in being present with family and friends instead of beating yourself up for that fourth cookie. And if you're hearing this now and you're like, what the fuck is TCE? 
It is my eight-week group coaching program that includes the four steps that you heard about today. So inside The Confident Eater, you're going to learn the skills and mindset shifts that you need in order to allow yourself to make autonomous choices around food and to speak to yourself with more respect and encouragement through the process. You're going to learn to tap into that balance between internal and external wisdom so that you can use your skills in situations where you actually do have no control over what's on your plate without feeling stressed or anxious, but you're also going to learn how to tap into that balance in situations where you do have full control what's on your plate so that you can choose in a way that satisfies you mentally and physically. And so if you want details on how you can join TCE before doors close on the 19th, please go ahead and click the link in the show notes to go to my Instagram and you are going to DM me TCE. That lets me know that you are interested and then we can open up a conversation and get you set up to join us because we kick off on September 20th. We've already got an incredible group of women that are like snapping at the bit, chomping at the bit to get started. Um, And I cannot wait to work with this group because it is such a transformative process. This is now the sixth round of The Confident Eater. And each time I make edits and updates based on client feedback. So this is going to be the best round yet. With that, my friend, I'm going to go get my eye LASIKed. And I hope that you, actually, no, you are listening to this on Monday. I'm recording this on Friday. So by the time you listen to this, my eye will be LASIKed. So with that, I hope that you have a lovely week. And thank you for listening.